right. Thank you, everyone, to coming out to the Women of Star Wars panel. I'm very excited you're all here and ready to talk about all the amazing women in the galaxy far, far away. Uh, my name is Brie Olivarnia. I am the moderator of this panel, as you may have guessed by the fact that I'm talking now and was talking incessantly beforehand. Uh, I am the managing editor of Tashi Station, which is a Star Wars focus, but also other pop culture themed uh, website and podcast, uh, podcast network. I also am the co-editor of White Hot Room, which is a geek fashion blog. And enough about me. I'm going to let my amazing panelists introduce themselves. So... I am Nancy Schwartz. I am the co-founder of Tashi Station uh, and host several of the podcasts on that network, including Tashi Station Radio, which is about Star Wars and geek culture in general. My name is E.K. Johnston, and I wrote Star Wars Ahsoka. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and collaborated with Ashley Eckstein on a contribution to From a Certain Point of View. Um, thank you. <laughs> Which was fantastic. Um, and our chapter is called By Whatever Sun. Hi, I'm Kate Cedor. I'm a co-host of the Book Wars pod. And, <laughs> and sometimes Bria tricks me into writing for Tashi Station. Uh, I'm Ash. I'm one of the hosts of the Skyhoppers podcast, and I also hope, uh, host uh, uh, Starships, which is a show that's all about shipping and romantic relationships in the Star Wars universe. Yes! <laughs> the Aiden and Del Mico episode is amazing. <laughs> um, I'm Janine Spenlove. I'm a United States Marine and a pilot. Um, but I'm a, more importantly, I'm a pilot. Um, in the Marine Corps, that's awesome. It's super fun. No, um, and I ha I've, uh, I'm also an author, and I did one short story for Star Wars that came out like two years ago. So. so you guys can get to know us a little bit better, aside from, again, all of this. We're going to do some rapid-fire favorite questions. So first off, favorite film of, these are all Star Wars, by the way. Uh, mine is A New Hope. Return of the Jedi. Battlefront 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's very compelling. So, like, my, my short story is a Battlefront 2 story, so. That makes me happy, yeah. That's wonderful. Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Rogue One. Empire Strikes Back. There we go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> commitment. I like it. Favorite Star Wars character? I really don't think I need to say mine. <laughs> say it for the audience. Oh, Iden Versio. <laughs> Commander in Fano Squad. Uh, I feel as in this is the woman of Star Wars panel obligated to say Mara Jade. <laughs> uh, Leo Organa. Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> Harrison Dula. General Leia. Favorite secondary character, so not someone who's like one of the main ones in the in the films or the TV shows or even you know in the in the games. I think I have to say Taiko Selchu. That'll work. Um, Can't copy me, Nancy. No, uh, <laughs> Talon Card. Um, I really liked uh, Paige Tico. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Cad Bane. <laughs> <laughs> Mon Mothma. Admiral Holdo. <clears throat> Favorite moment in The Last Jedi? The Rowan Room scene. 
Yes. Oh, that. Okay, sorry. The Holdo maneuver. You stole mine. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, probably the forehead kiss with Boogaloo. <laughs> We're probably all going to cry on this panel, just so you know. I have eyeliner on. I'm not crying. <laughs> Except Bria, she's hardcore. So you took the hold on maneuver. So I'm going to go with um, just watching the pilots going and sit, like absolutely facing death and just doing their thing. And freaking Paige Tico just, oh my gosh. <laughs> that happened. Even and I though was like, like oh, I was so angry oh. the entire time because it was the worst tactics ever. And, <laughs> and that, stro- that squadron commander, like I wanted to strangle her. I was so angry. Um, but Paige Tico and what she did, and just, it was beautiful. Yeah. Favorite one of the new planets? Mine is Vardos. Octo. Um, I'm so bad at remembering planet names, which is extra hilarious. Um, <laughs> in that I also can't spell them, and usually write in a place where there's no internet, so I don't think I've ever spelled Coruscant correctly on the first try, for example. <laughs> um, but my favorite new planet is probably... Um, the one that Holdo is from, Gul, Gul, that one, yeah, (laughs) big fan, (laughs) know what letter it starts with and everything. (laughs) Chris, what's the name of the planet where Cantobite is, because I never remember? Cantonica. thank you. Uh, Paleo. Mm. The once mentioned Alst Prime. Oh, (laughs) I'm not even sorry. (laughs) It's not fair. Did you want to explain who that's named for? So it may sound self-serving because it's a planet I created, um, but <laughs> it's not. It was named for our dearly departed Aaron Alston, Aww. my mentor. Yeah, it's wonderful. And for those of you who don't know who he is, there's time. You go out and you get the uh, X-Wing Wraith Squadron books and you read them and you'll find out why X-Wings are the best. And also <laughs> a lot of these wonderful characters that are being talked about. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's wonderful. You have to pick one of these. Republic, Separatist, Empire, Rebellion, First Order, or Resistance. If you've heard me on these panels all weekend, I've said First Order, but I feel obliged to say Empire today. Despite my accessories today, uh, Rebellion. 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 <laughs> rebellion, to be unoriginal. <laughs> Republic. <laughs> it's a bold choice, I like it. <laughs> Okay, so just to start us off, what did Star Wars mean to each of you growing up? Wait, I'm sorry, say that again. What did Star Wars mean to you growing up? Whoever wants to jump in first, go for it. I know it's emotional. I'm sorry, enough. I saw it's heavy. It's okay. Um, I don't really have, like, memories before memories of what Carrie Fisher sounded like and memories of what the Darth Vader breathing machine sounds like. <laughs> um, so it's really, like, both sides of my psyche, something that I find intensely comforting and something that, like, I run from cosplayers who can duplicate. Um, So it's just, it's been in so many of my memories visually, but also like hearing it and I don't know, I assume at some point they'll invent something that lets us smell it, but um, it's just been like, right? It's just been a part of my life for so long that I can't really imagine, as cheesy as it sounds, who I would be without it because. It's it's been so long that it's always been a part of me. 
for me, it was kind of like my shelter away from the outside world in a lot of ways. It was this thing I could watch with my uh, with my parents and kind of have that experience bonding with them. But it was also something that I loved dearly from the time I was three years old and I was put in front of a TV to watch A New Hope for the first time. I remember going to the prequels and, and all of that stuff. But it, it always was kind of my escape from everything that was going on in my life around me. And it still is to this day. It's a, it's a great way for me to kind of, no matter what's going on around me, I can just watch or read or absorb in some way Star Wars media and get a little escape for a little bit. Um, I grew up world war, so I have this really visceral memory of the first time we got a VCR. And um, so the first VHS I ever watched was Snow White, and I was like five years old, and I was like, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I said it. Uh, and then my output on Star Wars, and I was like, yes, this is very much my speed. I want to be like, oh. I can understand being that kid, though, and being like... I was an ordinary child, so... Yeah. <laughs> what was? <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't really... I guess I didn't really grow up with Star Wars. I discovered it on my own when I was 11. Um, my dad... Well, my dad realized I had never seen Star Wars, and he's like, how is that possible? And I said, I don't know. You're my dad. <laughs> uh, so he, we rented... We rented the originals, um, got super obsessed with them, and right around that time was when Timothy Zahn's Thrawn trilogy was coming out. So it was like the perfect time to come into Star Wars because, you know, you had the original movies, but there was also more coming out. So I often joke that I became a Star Wars fan because of Luke Skywalker, and I stayed a Star Wars fan because of Mara Jade. Um, so I, I kind of became a Star Wars fan through the books um, that were coming out all during that time. And then when I was in high school, uh, when I was graduating, the prequels came out. So it was like, I was like, new Star Wars movies, I get to see a Star Wars movie on the big screen. Little did I know we'd be here now where they just are never stopping. So. so, so much of what all these ladies have said, um, just always a part of my life. Um, but for me, that really grew a personal passion and love for it um, when the books started coming out. And I loved the movies, but I loved the books. So growing up, curled up in bed, reading on a Saturday morning to the point where actually one time I didn't do my chores and my parents grounded me from reading for a week. So I spent the week doing artwork of Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade and Darth Vader and just drawing pictures. Do you still them. have them? I do and you will never see them. <laughs> but I mean like the first fanfic I ever wrote was a Star Wars fanfic on my first deployment to like help while away the hours between flights. Like th this has been so much a part of my life. It's it's friends. It means friends. I have made so many friends in the fandom. Like, half the people on this panel, I mean, that's why I'm here, because Brie <laughs> saw me yesterday and was like, oh, you're an awesome con. Good to be on my panel tomorrow. I was like, what? I was I literally, I saw her come in the door, and I literally bolted up the aisle and just tackle-hugged her. But anyway, friends, it, this community, this community right here, all of you, like, you are literally the reason Star Wars is awesome. Would we all, or would any of us disagree with the fact that uh, prior to the new canon, we were pretty aware of the lack of, of women for the most part 
within a bunch of the stories as far as, except for like Leia in the forefront of the original trilogy and Padme in the prequels. That's part of why, you know, I talked about I loved the movies, but I really, really loved the books. Um, I'm one of those who I'm actually not upset about the expanded universe being turned into legend because I look at it as more Star Wars. (laughs) We have way these stories can be retold. Nothing takes away from our ability to go back and read those legends books and love them and, and, you know, make them headcanon or whatever we want to do with them. Um, But those books, starting with Mara Jade, had so many amazing, just awesome characters. And I don't just mean women, I mean all over the all over the place, every kind. The diversity was could have been better, obviously, could have always been better, but it was so much more than what we had in the movies. And so yeah. yeah. I remember just being blown away when I when I discovered that Mara Jade existed, because I was about fourteen and my friend was like, You should read Heir to the Empire. It's a great Star Wars book. And I'd read it when I was really young, but I'd forgotten most of it. And I remember being introduced to that and to Rogue Squadron being introduced to Mirax um, as well. And going, wait, there's more than Leia. And I used to say for years that Mara Jade was my favorite favorite character. And people would be like, who? And I'd be like, well, Leia's my favorite character. Just forget it. But for for (laughs) a big big part of my formative years growing up as a teenager, knowing that Mara Jade existed made it, it better for me. Knowing that there were more women in just like what you said, the expanded universe. It's like, oh, there's more than just Leia and Mon Mothma who doesn't really do anything in Jedi. She's just kind of there. And I remember how blown away I was about that because I just didn't know it existed before. I'm going to get kicked off the panel because I wasn't a Legends person. We know this this and we love you, Kate. It's fine. We will teach you. (laughs) Show you the ways of the Force. I feel like it's... It's almost the way I feel about the the merchandise at this point, which is kind of a strange analogy to draw, to draw. But like, even five years ago, if they came out with anything from Star Wars that had a girl on it, yeah. it was your only option. Yes. You had to buy one. Yes. And now you're like, and now you can yeah. be picky. Yeah. And we've got to the stage with characters where we can be picky. Yeah. Yes. Um, which version of this character? Yeah. Or yeah, which version of this character do I want? Or even like, which character? am I going to buy literally everything for and which character do I love, but I'm probably never going to buy action figures. Like there's just, we're not, we're not done yet, obviously, but the the difference in the last few years has been tremendous. And just the, just the option of having ones that you don't have to love just because they exist um, has been a a big sort of shift. And I I deeply appreciate that. Or set me up perfectly. Or even not like, exactly. Yeah. I was, you actually set me up perfectly for this one, Kate, because my next question on here was like, how have how is what we feel about the Star Wars universe? How has that changed with the the new Star Wars? Because we have, and these are just the leading visible like in visual uh, Star Wars storytelling with Rey, Jin, Rose, Harris, Sabine, and Iden. Like those are just a couple of them, and not to name every other character. But how has this changed how we think about the galaxy far, far away, and how we feel about it? is great um and it also sort of shows how much bigger it can become as as we move forward to me it seems more realistic now um i i did a thing on our blog where i because people were being annoying about diversity on the internet shocking yeah right (laughs) 
And it was like, well, you guys have Leia. Why are you complaining? And it's like, you, one character doesn't is should not represent an entire group of people. Um, so if you count the number of women who talk in Star Wars movies in the originals, it's two in each movie. It's like Leia and Brew, and then Leia and Torinfar, who's the Iron Ion Cannon woman, and then Leia and Mon Mothma, and that's it. You get to the prequels. The first two are a lot. They're well, a lot better in comparison. There's maybe like ten in the first movie. I can't remember the exact totals, but you know, because there's. She had the yes. handmaidens, yep. And then Attack of the Clones, you know, you had uh, Zam, you know, had uh, one of the, her other handmaidens. Then you Corday. get to Revenge Corday. of the Yes, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> then you get to Revenge of the Sith. Padme is the only person, only woman who speaks in that movie, and she has babies and dies, and that's pretty much all she does. And I was just like, why? <laughs> what, what, what happened? <laughs> then you get to The Force Awakens, and you hear a female stormtrooper, and I was just like, thank God. Like, it was it was so nice. Uh, Last Jedi has a lot more. Uh, we can do better. Uh, but it's just, it's not strange anymore. Like, you see women in the background, and you're like, oh, look, there's women in the Resistance. That's awesome. <laughs> I was actually going I feel like you guys are like you saw my notes somehow because you're all I can, you're I all, can see your notes. You're all like you're reading them because you're all going down like bullet point by bullet point. Because I was gonna say like, did we notice uh, how many women are just simply present within the Last Jedi, especially within with uh, in comparison to Rogue One, which was great on the racial diversity front, but not so much on the gender diversity. Because I mean, we had like how many women did talk in the Last Jedi? Do you have those? Uh, Nineteen. Yeah. We did, was that something we all like noticed and like acknowledged when we were watching it, or I think the the scene that really stands out for me is actually from The Force Awakens, and it's when um, they're like shouting numbers back to back and forth to each other in the command center, and like Leia is the only white person in the room mm-hmm. at that point, and I was just like, except for Connix, and I was like, that's that's doing okay. Like she's the only one, she's the only white person with lines in that scene, I think. Um, and there's the radio operator with the, um, fro and then like the Admiral who mysteriously disappeared and like all that kind of stuff. And (laughs) I hope he's on a secret mission somewhere because otherwise I'm going to be really sad. Um, I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's there's several people I hope are on that secret mission (laughs) or I have some follow up questions. Um, just Baba. She better be on that mission. But the, um, the, the visualness of it. And I remember there was a joke when Rogue One came out. Um, about, like, some guy goes for lunch right before the attack on Scarif and comes back into the room just before A New Hope starts and is like, where did all of the not-white dudes (laughs) (laughs) And I think the fact that we can see that visually and sort of make that kind of that kind of jump because it's kind of funny if you watch like the two rooms back to back the sets are identical the people very different um and i I love that we have that and that we're slowly at the speed of glaciation moving towards better representation i think it just makes me more excited about star wars now just the fact that in the force awakens we see at first we see two female x-wing pilots walk in the background and i'm like those are women wow i've never seen that before it was amazing (laughs) to me yeah, and then and then we see in uh, the the run on Starkiller Base, we see like Jess Pava and other people like that. 
who's a, who's a minor background character who's I'm in love with. Um, but, and I remember seeing that and going, okay, we've just by doing this, this has gotten me so much more excited about what Disney is doing with Lucasfilm or with Lucasfilm going forward. Because we have a, a woman in an X-wing now. That's amazing. That's what I've always wanted to be and to see it on screen. It was just completely blew me away. Yeah, you know, we talk about women in X-wings. I, I mean, I think a lot of people here know that they were filmed in in A New Hope. Yeah, and they edited them out, and then the one that actually made it in, they dubbed over her with a man's voice. So it's just so nice to finally... You can find the post on Tumblr if you would like to feel extra angry about something this afternoon. And, I mean, for for me personally, because I gotta tell you, in my community, I'm the most senior-ranking woman in my community. I never had any women to look up to. Um, I had... Tons of men who were amazing and who mentored me through my, my career. There were never any of those women. And I work very hard for the women who are in, are in my community to, you know, try to keep them in because it's hard. Um, we're, we make up less than 4% of marine aviation. And so to see these characters out in, in media and it, these portrayals of women in these militaristic um, environments are very, very important. Uh, for someone like me, for everybody to see, for guys to see that it's normal for women to be in these positions and to make the little girls know, hey, this is maybe something I want to do when I grow up. So, yeah, this was, that's why I started crying when I, with the ex- I cried a lot. And, uh, <laughs> so did we all? I did. Yeah, I think so. There's just related to that, I, I texted my mom this morning and I told her I almost cried when someone gave me Destroyed. And she goes, there's no crying in Star Wars. I said, Mom, there's a lot of crying in Star Wars. Star Wars is mostly crying. Yeah. Point. Like, let's be real. I don't want to talk about how many tears I shed between like the Battlefront DLC and The Last Jedi coming out in the same 48 hours. It was rough. And I just got like text messages every 15 minutes, and it was rough. It was fine. I had a meltdown on Twitch. It was fine. Um, you I should definitely want- play Battlefront. Yes, play Battlefront. I swear EA is not paying me off. I promise. <laughs> um, but sort of talking about the importance of, of both uh, younger younger boys and younger girls seeing seeing women within Star Wars and in these leading roles, uh, Lucasfilm recently started something called Forces of Destiny, and they've been these yeah they've been these animated like short like three to four minute films, um, and they've been accompanied by uh, by dolls and comics and I think some short books as well. So. Number one, how do you guys feel about that? And number two, uh, what other characters do you think would be great to, to bring into these shorts? So at Dragon Con last year, there was this little girl in a Hermione <laughs> costume who got up in a room that must have had 500 people in it and stood in line for questions. And the moderator tried so hard to get her through, but we had to cut off the line two people in front of her. So she came up to the table because Delilah Dawson and I sort of waved her up to the table. And she kind of like stood there for a second and then took a deep breath and goes... <clears throat> Or any of your writing forces of destiny, and when can I have more? <laughs> and both Delilah, well, Delilah lied straight up because you have to do that sometimes. But um, both of us were like, "Oh yeah, that would be really cool. I hope there's more forces of destiny soon." And it's just been so fantastic to watch like these little shorts. It made me sort of able to breathe during the Rebels finale, amongst other things. And um, it's been, like, the connections between them and seeing all the characters who don't necessarily meet on screen get to meet, and the, the effort put into the episodes is so good. Like, the color is amazing, the animation is great. I'm sure we'll get the rest of the action fig- action. They're called something like adventure figures, officially. We'll, we'll get the rest of the dolls eventually. Um, and I want my Padme doll. 
but it's just been like magical and I love it. Yeah. I really want to see some interaction with the Tigo sisters um, in a Forces yes. of Destiny episode because there is, we don't get enough women in Star Wars, obviously, but also just having sisterhood, like everyone gets a brother and no one has a sister and I just, I need to see that relationship on screen. Did you read their story, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't watch. <laughs> I watched like one episode of Forces of Destiny and realized it, this is probably not for me. But then I saw Hera, Syndulla, and Han Solo talk to each other, and I immediately realized this is very much for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I went and watched uh, back all of them. I think it's amazing. I work uh, with kids a lot, and just to see these kids go, you know, they can they can go on YouTube, they can watch it on an iPad, these two minute little things, and they can see Ray and Rose and all of these characters interact with one another. Which is something that, when I was a kid, that just, it didn't exist. Even this many female characters in, in stuff like Marvel and stuff like that that I was into when I was growing up. Um, you didn't get, like, just these little consumable little things that you could watch and are animated and are fun. And just to see kids respond to it has been so amazing because now there's a bunch of little girls who are playing as Rey and as Jin and as Rose and as Ahsoka, like when it used to be Leia or Padme. It just it completely yeah. blows me away. And just to see all the, the toys that are available for Forces of Destiny also, stuff that just wasn't available up until this point. It's I, just, would, yeah, it's I would love to see them do shorts of the characters from the books and the comics because a lot of the times... I, yep, <laughs> Iden. Um, because a lot of the times, like the the younger kids aren't reading the the books for adults or the comics, and so that would be a great way to introduce them to these characters that they might not experience until they're older. So, like they could meet Iden or Grand Admiral Ray Sloan or um, one of the characters that I love. Um, her name is Mary Spanjaff, and she's from the Servants of the Empire books, which is a four-book middle-grade series that everyone should read by Jason Fry. It's wonderful. Um, and Mary is like a computer program. Pro- can't speak programmer girl and um there's uh jason fry who was the author told a wonderful story about a a fan who wrote him and who's a computer scientist and said it was so awesome to see this character because it was like really the first time i saw someone like me in a star wars book so i I think that would be a really cool short story to or short to have in forces of destiny i also like that forces of destiny is um Free. Like yes. you just go on to, it's on the Disney XD YouTube channel, so you don't have to buy anything. They expect you to buy stuff afterwards, obviously. But um but I, I really like how accessible it is. Like if you're going to hook them in, it might as well be some, with something good. Um and I, I like that path as well. Does anyone have any questions for us? I have a question. Yes. Can can I see your skirt closer? Because that's really cute. <laughs> oh, is that the BB eight skirt? Yes, please. <laughs> Can you like? Oh did you make that? Yeah. that is oh adorable. my gosh! You gotta come up here. You gotta show everybody. Like, look at this. Look at how cute she is, you guys. Look. Oh my gosh! It's like a BB-8 R2 po- freaking poodle skirt. I love this. Yes. Oh my gosh! So cute. Does anyone besides our panelists have questions? <laughs> everybody, this is Maddie. Thanks, Maddie. Remember when Star Wars fashion used to be like. Oh, a weird thing. Like, not a weird thing. T-shirts? Yeah. yeah. And now it's like... And now you can choose. Yeah. Now you can be choosy. Yeah. Yes. I was like, it's which great. of the ten cardigans do I want? And I, <laughs> yes. I chose four of them, but the point is... There was... <laughs> it's cool. All right. Oh, yeah. 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 Right in front? Um, I wanted to ask about um, slavery 
in the Star Wars universe, mm -hmm. and how she's <laughs> um, There's a lot to talk about in Star Wars, there's like inner closet danger, but the slavery aspect really kind of gets carefully not talked about. And I was just curious about particularly child slavery, which we saw in the last movie. Um, and then you have characters like Leia, who's the descendant of slaves and has wanted one herself for a while. Yeah. And I just wish there had been an opportunity where she or someone else would have said, you know, the greatest plan A was to get rid of the Empire. Plan B was established for Republic. Well, plan and part C is eliminate slavery. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that's not necessarily the focus of the panel, but like, yeah. but we can, no, yeah, yeah, someone wants to answer that very um, quickly. Well, because it, it came up when I was writing Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had a couple of suggestions, and I was like, there will be no human trafficking in this novel, I've just decided. Um, and Ahsoka and Caden, uh, the secondary protagonists, are, they do have a few lines about it, but what we need before we can have a conversation about slavery in the Star Wars universe is for them to hire black writers to do it. Because I can't. Um, and like one, because I'm white, and second, because I'm Canadian. But also, um, <laughs> which Canada has its own separate problems, let me assure you of that. But um, it's definitely something that I cannot do, and they need to hire people who can before it becomes a thing. <laughs> or it already is a thing, but it's definitely something that that's the way they should, hopefully, I don't really have an in on that, it would be, um, to deal with. It would be really interesting if they had something, a Forces of Destiny short or a book or something about Shmi Skywalker. Yes. Shmi yeah. deserves so much better than everything gave her. I actually do think that slavery in Star Wars is a women's issue because I think the most visible slaves are Twilight, Twilight. women. Yes. And one of the huge missed opportunities, I think, in Star Wars Rebels is that episode where Lando sells Hera to Morgan, and they never deal with the fallout of that. Yeah. And it's it's me. Yeah, she never gets to punch him in the face, basically. Yes, and I needed that. Yeah, I also, and I, I really like Lando, but I really oh, I said that in the microphone. Something. Right, either, um, right there? Oh boy. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble because this is a woman's panel, but I think <laughs> we talked about this on Twitter the other day, and I think for me, the character that would make the most sense and make, would be the easiest to translate would be Tycho Selchu. Um, if we can get Tycho and Winter at the same time, I will be a very, very, very happy person. Um, but yeah, those are my picks. Um, my pick is was would be also Tycho because I think it would be the easiest, but um, Mara, I think, can happen. Um, a lot of okay, so that so this will you know relate to this panel. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that bringing Mara Jane into the can into canon would be pointless because she can't be Luke's wife, and I want to punch people in the face for saying that because Mara Jane is way more than just Luke Skywalker's wife. She was not created to be his love interest. She was created to be uh, this Emperor's Hand character. Um, so you know, a, a female character is more than just their status as a love interest. Um, I, it took like 20 years for them to get together anyway. Yeah, um, it 20 did. 20 years of actually Ten, reading the yeah. books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was not, yeah. They were slow. <laughs> but um, I, I said before, I would love to see, uh, I, my, one of my, my favorite secondary characters, Talon Card. I would love to see a gender swapped 
race bent talon card yeah, in the seat. Yes. Um, I didn't read a ton of legends because when I was little, I picked up a copy, like five, I picked up a copy of The Courtship of Princess Leia. I read the I'm back sorry. and was like, <laughs> I don't think that would happen. Um, but I, I read Kenobi and I think if I would just bring the whole book, like not necessarily film it, which I know people talk about, but I would just bring the whole book and make the whole book canon because there is a relationship in that book, which because John Jackson Miller is a dude, I was bracing myself for the entire time. And then I got to the end of the book and the comeuppance was amazing. And it was like the exact opposite of what I was expecting yeah. to happen. And I was like, and I was like, yeah. John Jackson Miller, you have won a fan for life. Can like, um, and I just love that whole book and all of the characters in it and all of the outcome and the characters and religion and backstory and shenanigans that he created yeah. for that book. I would just bring the whole thing. I tried to drag parts of it into Ahsoka. There, you may have noticed. Um, there is actually, if you read John Jackson Miller's story, and from a certain point of view, yeah. there are things from Kenobi that he brought is, in. Oh, that's yeah. so good. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help him fight that. We're just, like, <laughs> just going to bring it in one plot point at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read the kingdom, sorry. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd bring back uh, Murax Tarek, because yes. I'd, I'd love to see her without Cornhorn. <laughs> um, yes. Not uh, I, yeah, I've always liked Mirax, so I'd love to see her. Um, I'd love to see Isane Azard. Um, yes. I just always loved her. Um, for, she was a character in the X, she was the big bad in the X-Wing books, and she was the director of Imperial Intelligence. She wore a red Imperial officer uniform and had a red eye and a blue eye, and I just was obsessed. She was yeah. just this cool, confident. She sounds fantastic. Yeah. She was badass. That, and so. that reminds me is that we've gotten so many good uh, female characters in new canon, um, but in the films, we there's... Captain Phasma, we haven't really had any other really big female villains. I would love to have like a main female villain in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. That would be so excited yes. so the episodes air in Canada a week after they air in the States so I had to mute literally my entire Twitter following and just avoid Tumblr completely and then I went to the woods which is our cottage that doesn't have the internet so it was like a week and a half until I got the finale and I was sitting in like a parking lot in a subway station in Toronto like weeping in, in the car and then I like got up to walk into the subway station and like halfway across the parking lot was like nope have to sit down and cry some more so then I was like sitting on a bench in the parking lot in the subway station in Toronto like just being so like happy about everything and I it was like the best open ending I've seen in a while and I'm so excited for whatever happens next I'm excited because I love these characters. Um, I always say that Ahsoka is the character that brought me back into Star Wars. And it's not just because she's awesome, but because for a long time, Star Wars used um, non-human species as proxies for people of color. Um, and so that was basically one of the only times I felt seen in Star Wars until Sabine came along. It was actually, that reminded me of a conversation on Twitter when they first revealed Sabine to everyone because... A whole bunch of us were like, um, can you please confirm whether or not Sabine is human? Because we've been down this path before. And I think it was Pablo was like, nope, she's human. Yep, she's multiracial. Yep, that, that she's Asian. And it was kind of one of the coolest things I've, I've experienced. Next question. 
Uh, in the back there? Yeah. I mean, you uh, just the Disney streaming service and it costing money. Um, well, you kind of have to pay money for Disney XD as it is. Uh, a lot of it doesn't really come standard in a lot of TV packages, so I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, yes, you have to pay more. You're going to pay more for it, but given how media is being consumed at this point, uh, so many people don't even have cable anymore. They just kind of have the different. Yeah, they just have the. Yeah, they just have the streaming services. So I think it's it's going to be a shift. But it'll be, I don't think it's, I don't think it'll stop people from watching the show. I think it'll still be accessible reasonably. I, I think stuff like Forces of Destiny will remain free because there's, if they decide to do anything more with that, there's toys and products that go along with that. So it's like, it's almost like a commercial for it in a weird way. But yeah. It's totally a commercial. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good commercial that will make you cry on occasion. Yeah. But it's definitely, it's definitely trying to get you to buy stuff, which is fine. I, I do take your point though. Um, one of my, fears as I've been watching how media has been changing is that, you know, it's like first theater became too expensive for people to go to and then movies became too expensive for people to go to and I, I don't really know what's going to happen with television so I understand that fear and I'm watching a little nervously. Yeah, I only have a Netflix subscription so um, I don't, and the thing is sometimes they're not available in other countries <laughs> so hence the agonizing waits on iTunes but um, hopefully they will consider that as they move forward. Next. Like they have to make money, but they also have to get us to watch stuff. So, Jessica Jones. Read the Phasma book. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think that was their intent, given the deleted scene that we saw, uh, the other version of Finn and Phasma's fight, because you could definitely. Well, she said that openly that she had it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Delilah said that she read like that version of the script that had it in it when she wrote uh, the Phasma book. Um, and I would say that if you're looking more for more Phasma, obviously, like I was bummed that she wasn't it too, especially after I read the Phasma book. But if you read that and you read the comic. Um, I think that'll give you your Phasma fix and also really, really make you hate Brendel Hawks, who is the yeah, worst. The worst. <laughs> the worst. Um, the worst. So I having, think, oh. having, sorry, having seen both scenes, like the one that's in the movie and the one that was cut, um, I understand that like people who like Phasma are upset about it um, or have strong feelings about it, but I also really like that that scene is 100% about Finn in that moment, right? So, like, I don't know where the balance of that is, but um, it's probably in the novel. <laughs> um, and I like to just, like, remember that she was essentially wearing a spaceship when she fell out through that whatever shenanigans. <laughs> so so she might be okay. She's, she's alive. Yeah, like, Darth Maul got cut in half and he was fine. So that's my, like, bar for Star Wars survival rates. <laughs> so, so here's all I'm going to say about Phasma. I, I love Phasma. I love that she exists. I love that she's there. I love that she was gender flipped because we yes. were all so angry <laughs> about the lack of ladies. And I love Gwendolyn Christie. 
she is the Boba Fett of this trilogy, okay? She's got like two lines, yeah. two scenes, and look at Boba Fett. Look at, he's got the whole Mando Mercs things that given the 501st to run for their money as far as popular cosplay groups. She's amazing. It, it, just people who, uh, there are people who like to go, oh, she's worthless. She does. I'm like, really? Look, Boba Fett, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so just think of it that way. She's gonna have, she's amazing, and she lived totally. Because I didn't see a body. I feel like she's yeah. enduring. There's no body. Yeah. She's right. wearing a spaceship. Oh God. I'm going to try to get through two more really quickly because we don't have that much time left. So two more questions. Swore. Okay. Swore. <laughs> I'm trying to get people who don't like talk to us on Twitter all the time. Yeah. Because we'll need to get on that. Yeah. Sure. I think, I think that's the shortest way to say yeah, it is yeah. uh, having more female writers like, you know, two of the lovely ladies to my left has been incredibly important. Um, I think Delray has done, Delray and Lucasfilm Publishing have both done a pretty good job of bringing in more female writers. They need to bring in more female writers, well, bring in female writers of color. Um, likewise for Marvel. Um, and I think that TV and film really need to get their act together. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. a short version of that one. And I know that, like, I, I mean, I read this in an article, it's not coming from, like, anywhere important um that they've really started to like work on things like the animation department um and so like people that we are never going to see but will be instrumental in making the films um i wish that kiri hart spoke in public more often yeah. although i very much respect that she does not because that would be super stressful um and i think she's doing fantastic work and the the thing is always and the thing that I try to do um to keep in mind is that um is to send the elevator back down um and to 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 facilitate other people coming along and I think that in whatever way I can help that would be I think honestly my greatest achievement in Star Wars is not so much the book although please buy it um (laughs) but like the idea of of making the universe more accessible for creators and people who are watching it Almost out of time. If anyone has one last quick question, we can do that. If not, we're going to give away some free books. Are you guys excited? 